Galatians chapter 6. Um, let's continue our series in the book of Galatians. This will probably be the last, second of the last message. Next Sunday will probably be the last, the finale of our study in the book of Galatians. Um, okay, I want to read Galatians beginning verses, verse 6 and then let's gonna end in verse 10. So if you have, if you are there in your Bible, see the word, word. Good. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever, whatever one saws, that will he also reap. For the one who saws to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who saws to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's pray once again. Father, we are acknowledging this is your word, inspired by your spirit, and your word has authority over our lives. So I'm praying right now, give us understanding that we might see the things you want us to see and enable us to see your glory of who you are as our God. Bring us to Jesus. Enable us to see Jesus. Draw us deeper in our trust of the gospel, of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And may your name be honored. May your word be faithfully preached. May your name be alone be proclaimed as worthy of praise, worthy of adoration. So Holy Spirit, we're inviting you to take control of us. Give us spirit-filled hearing and obedience as a response to your word. We bring honor and glory to your name alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, if you observe Galatians chapter 6, you can see that there is a series of exhortations ni Paul sa mga taga-Galatians diri. Last time, gitakol ni Clyde, ni Pastor Clyde, and we talk about this series of commands, a series of exhortation, And this series of commands, for us as Christians, is in the context of community, in the context of the community of a Christian, right? Um, now, if you observe in Galatians chapter 6, you will see that becoming a Christian doesn't insulate you from problems. In fact, it invites you to deal more of problems. Now, I want to clarify that. Because some people think that kung duol ka sa ginoo, magpaduol ka sa ginoo, mo grow ka, tingalik, i-bless ka ni God, and ilang definition sa blessing is God will keep you away from problems. Di ba? Kaninyo sila, kung duol ka sa ginoo, wala dyan kay problema. Wrong. Because if you study in the context of Galatians, you know, if you walk in the Spirit, if you live with Christ, if you are in Christ, the Bible says that you will have more problems. In fact, you are invited to deal with more problems. Look with me in the context, okay? In verse 1 pa lang, once again, command ni Paul sa mga kristuanan, bear, uh, restore a broken sinner in the spirit of gentleness, di ba? Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Did you see that? We need to restore, we have the responsibility to restore broken people. In other words, in short, we have to deal, not just with our problems, but we have to deal, responsibility as we walk in the Spirit, to be involved in the mess of other people. Does it insulate you from problems? It, you are invited 
to deal with more problems. Okay? <laughs> in verse 2, Paul, by the power of the Spirit, in the inspiration of the Spirit, gave us responsibility to bear each other's burden. And that means you involve by carrying and helping other people's burden. Burden is a, we explained about Pastor like last time, is a burden that is too much for one person to carry that you need to carry it along with that person. And as Christians, we are commanded to do that, to bear each other's burden. And that means you involve in the problems of other people. Kung wala problema ron, God calls you as a person who lives in the Spirit, as a Christian, to be involved with other people's problems. It doesn't insulate you from problems. You are invited to deal with more problems as a follower of Jesus Christ. In verses 3 to 5, as you deal with other people's problems, in Galatians chapter 6, verses 3 to 5, you have also your own problems. The problem of pride and the problem of comparison. As you help other people deal with their own demons, guess what? You have your own demons as well. <laughs> so the Christian life is this. You are more aware of the struggle. You are more aware of the battles. You are more aware of the problems you need to deal. Sa una, wala ka pake. Wala pa kapis mga problema sa ubang mga tao. Nakikagaling mga problema. Selfish yung mga outlook sa life. But now that you are walking with the Spirit, but now that you are walking with God and you know Jesus Christ, the Bible says now you have a responsibility not just to deal with your problem, deal with other people's problem. Becoming a Christian does not remove you from problems. You are invited to deal with more and more and more problems. That's the context of Galatians. Chapter 6, if you observe that. And, but the good news is, even though dagang kay problema, nag-invite ka ni God to deal with, the, the good news, the gospel, the good news is God has given us resources. Not to remove this problem, but to transcend and rise up and face this problem. Wala kristohanan niya kinabuhi, mga egzon. Wala ka din, masimba ka sa ginamayin ka, simba ko. God says, no, following me sometimes has problems. In fact, I want you to be involved with a lot of problems. But let me tell you, I will give you the resources, the strength that you need to handle that problems. doesn't remove you from problems. God has given you the strength and resources to deal with those problems. Like for example, the gospel provides us resources. In Galatians chapter 2, Verse 20, the Bible says, You have a Savior who loves you, as Paul says. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but the life that I live in the faith, in the flesh, I live by faith in the one who loves me. Right? Jesus loves you. And you have a Savior that loves you. In um, Galatians chapter 4, we are reminded that we belong to a new family. That we are a family of blessing. We are, we are a dot. That's your reality the moment you are in Christ. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 31, the Bible says, not just you belong to, into a new family, you have a new identity. You are a son, therefore you have the inheritance and the blessings of God. In Galatians chapter 5, you have been made free from guilt, from shame, from the condemnation of the law. In Galatians chapter 5 as well, in the latter part, you have been given the Spirit of God to live life of the Spirit. In other words, you have given all the resources that you need to live out the Christian life. Not to remove all the problems, but to give you the resources, the power, the strength 
to transcend all those challenges and all those difficulties and all those problems living out the Christian life. Amen? That's who we are. So don't have a victim mentality. No. You can rise up to that problems. You have the resources that you need to do that in Christ. But as we think and ponder this in Galatians chapter 6, wow, that's great. That's a great promises. That's a great reality. God provide us. God has given us resources that we need to live out the Christian life, to deal with problems. But here's the thing. As ingon pa ni Uncle Ben sa Spider-Man, with great responsibility, with great power <laughs> and resources comes great responsibility. Yes, you are a son. Yes, you are inheritance of the promised blessings. Yes, you are included in the covenant family of Abraham. Well, God secured all the blessings, okay? Yes, you have the power of the Spirit in your life. But you have responsibilities as well in light of these things. And the responsibility is beginning in the last sermon. That you have the responsibility to restore people in the spirit of gentleness. You have the responsibility to what? To bear one's another burden. To live out the gospel in the context of community. And tonight, I don't know if I'm going to Pastor Clyde, okay? Last Sunday. But I don't know. Because this is part of exhortation. This is part of living out the greater responsibility that we have in light of what the gospel has done in our lives. So three things I want us to look at tonight. This is like a story format, ang outline na First, we're going to talk about, um, show us the story, the sermon outline. First, we're going to look at the exhortation to live out the gospel practically, okay? And the exhortation to live out the gospel practically sa uh, that would be found in verses 6 and 7. And then, we're going to look at the challenges to live this out, this exhortation. Is mga challenges to live this out? And then we're going, to look at, we're going to look at, lastly, the grace in living this out. So that's the journey that we're going to do, okay? Para dili mo mawala. First, we're going to look at the exhortations. There are three exhortations. And then we're going to do what? The challenge in living it out, the exhortations. And third, the grace that we need to live out despite the challenge, Okay? So first, we're going to talk about the exhortations to live out the gospel. Now, Paul gave three additional exhortations. Dilit na nako, ibalay itong exhortation last sermon. Because klaro kayo itong, atong padayunan. In verse 6, ningon diya, Let the one who is taught in the word, share all good things with the one who teaches. So, ang pasabot ane ni Paul, ang gina-emphasize rin ni Paul is a relationship. Because in Galatians chapter 6, is a series of relationships. This, in verse 6, is a series of relationship between their teacher, their minister of the word, and them as a congregation. And Paul is saying, na ako'y dua ka responsibility akong emphasize. Ang responsibility sa pastor, sa teacher, sa inyong congregation, aning a time is to teach the word. Right? That's the responsibility of the pastor, to teach the word. And the word taught, actually, kanang gi-underline the word niyo, taught, and original Greek word na is, um, is, is a Greek, a similar translation, catechize, or to catechize, to catechism. Okay? Catechism is an ancient, ancient way or form of discipleship that the um, purpose of catechism is a question and answer. Okay? And you distill the only fundamentals of the faith. Only kinanglan mabalan sa usa ka bagong believer. So, ang ginabuha sa mga teachers sa unang panahon is kung new believer ka, kung new ka follower ni Jesus Christ, ginakatechize ka. In other words, 
you have been taught in the fundamentals of the faith. And then si Paul, that's the job, that's the responsibility of the teacher, of the minister of the word. But then, dili ra gi-emphasize di ni Paul ang responsibilities of the teacher, but kundili ang responsibility usab sa mga gitudluan ng mga tao. Kasi responsibility sa mga ginatudluan. Ngayon diya si Paul, well, let the one who is taught the word, what? Share all good things. In other words, as there is a responsibility sa mga leaders, sa mga minister to teach faithfully the word, you as the congregation, you have the responsibility to share, to support. The idea is to support. Now, the word share is actually the word koinonia, which can be translated as fellowship or can be translated as to be partaker, to be of someone, of help, to join someone. In other words, what Paul is saying here is not, what, 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 what Paul is saying is not, wala pay your pastor. Or look at the payment of the pastor as salary. Paul says, that's not salary. When you support your pastor, when you support your minister, it's called partnership. It's not salary. In other words, the pastor is not your employee. Pesado man kun nga kalibutan, kung ikaw gabayad, kung ikaw gasweldo sa usa ka tao, na kay control kay nga naman may ka, ako gasweldo gud nimo, so ako makabuot nimo. And sadly, that's the situation of most churches. Especially ang churches is run by few families, right? Ang kini mga few families na ay mga power. Karaang damang na sa church, okay? Karaan na kaya dagan ng mga influence. Then, mayroon sila, hire tag pastor. And so, ilang ginabuhat is, ilang ginamanipulate ang pastor nila through their money, through the salary of the pastor. And Paul never uses the word salary. Paul uses the word kununia, partnership. That the pastor is not under the congregation because, because of their giving. The pastor is to be a partner. And the congregation, as they are taught by the Word, has the responsibility to support the work of the Word to advance the gospel ministry of their minister. And the reason, in the context, the reason he emphasized is Paul because naman ko mga false teachers sa mga Galatian church, di ba? Mga legalists, mga Judaizers. And according to background ni ang nabuhat sa mga, na-confuse ang mga Galatians, instead of supporting their faithful pastor, ilang ginasuportaran is katulang mga pastor nila to mga false teachers, mga legalists. So Paul was troubled at this time. How come you are supporting these false teachers? He is reminding, as he tackled in this verse, in Galatians chapter 6, he's reminding them to shift their support to, to, those peop- to those people who faithfully minister to them the Word. And it's a reminder for us to be careful asa na ito gibutang atong support. Because there's a lot of today pastors who are supported and yet not faithfully preaching the gospel. They, they preach another gospel, right? A prosperity gospel. And again, kaya tao mo, mo support. Taliman ka, motivation nga. Hatag mo. Kaya nga naman, kumuhatag mo, hatagan mo house and lot ni God. Okay? Hatagan ko mo yung ani, palayo mo ta ng mga sakit. Which is a false gospel. It's a prosperity gospel. And people are giving into that. And, and Paul is reminding these Christians, hey, be partner of the gospel on the people who teach faithfully the word who helps you be founded in the faith. And so this is an encourage, encouragement for us to be partnered with the people who teach the word. So this is not application This is not just for the pastors. This is for people who faithfully teach, help you grow in your faith. Like small group leader, ministry leaders, and so on and so forth. Your job is not just to take your job is also to give and support. In other words, here's the point. 
Gospel ministry is actually partnership. Gospel ministry is partnership. Dili ra pud pasabot nga usara ka person ang nagabuhat og nagahatag siyang gift freely. Kun dili kita tanan teamwork juda in advancing the gospel. The pastor is faithful in teaching the word, you are faithful in receiving and doing everything, sharing all good things. Okay? Dili ra ni ang application aning good things diriya finances. Paul is giving a general principle, share all good things and do what you need to have to support and advance the gospel ministry. So what it means, that's our job as well. Now, we can see this pattern over and over again in the New Testament. If you read the New Testament, there are patterns in church. And ganaan kung ma-embrace na ito ni Tanan, kay partner ta Tanan. As I'm faithfully proclaiming and teaching the Word, as all of us are proclaiming the Word, God invites you to partner with us, to give, and to support, and to pray, and to encourage one another. Now, let me show you a a uh, verse in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. Ningong si Paul, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. He's talking to the Philippians. Okay? The church from the Macedon. Okay? Ningong always in every prayer of mine for you all, for you all making my prayer. Rejoice. Ngayon malipayon siya sa yung pag-ambo ni mga ataka Philippians church. Because these people, ningong siya, in the next verse, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Sige po pa sa Budana. They have been supporting Paul from the very first day that he preached the gospel. He discipled sila, and then as the grow sila, they've been there supporting. They're, they're there serving, they're there giving and supporting Paul. Although Paul is careful, if you study the New Testament later, he's careful kayo siya mga yung na. In fact, niyon siya, ako, ako ang apostle na wala ko ga, wala ko ga depend sa mga support sa mga tao. Kaya mismo siya, um, he is, a, he has a business. Na siya tent making. In other words, dili siya ganaan mo portray o mo take advantage sa mga tao. But, if the churches will support, he will accept it. Okay? And so he's talking to the Philippian church. Ngayon siya, kamo, pasalamatan siya kukunin niyo because you've been a partner with me in the gospel ministry. And I want, to, I want you to, to know, guys, as a church, we cannot progress, we cannot advance the gospel unless you're supporting the gospel ministry. We cannot do it. This is the pattern of your New Testament. Kedua, in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 2 Corinthians 11.8, where Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church, reminding them that the reason na preach siya sa gospel sa Ilaha freely is because of the Philippian church who faithfully give. And so he reminded them, na mga exaggerated statement na rin siya, I rob other churches. That's exaggerated. It means it's just like hyperbolic. I rob other churches. He's not robbing, but he's, he's doing it intentionally. I rob other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. In other words, Corinthians, ngayon siya, kabalo, kabalo pong sa reason na nga nung naka-hear mo freely sa gospel, and pag-hear niya sa freely sa gospel, na-receive niyo sa Jesus, and then you become a Christian, kabalo pong sa reason na na, is because some people, the churches in Macedonia, are supporting that. With which, I, I cannot able to do that if wala kong support. And Paul is reminding, now, you, now it's time for you to support as well. this gospel partnership as a church. And so this is a reminder for us that if you're going to live out the gospel we must practice generous sharing or sharing generously. Especially to the people who advance the work of the gospel. Missionaries, ministry leaders, let's be faithful. So, that's why when you give to church, when you give to works and ministry, we pray that God will faithfully 
bless your stewardship and that God will use your giving to advance the gospel. That's the goal. You know? Dili parang pastor na jet, na helicopter, na mansion, you know? You know? Pastor should not have that. A pastor is a faithful servant who proclaims the word for the advancement of the gospel so that a lot of people in the city will know Jesus Christ. Kalagot ka na usahin namin yun. Bitaw, parang ka magkasulti, makadungog ko, makita ko sa YouTube, these pastors are are wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, taking advantage with people. And then they go to the prosperity gospel thing. I hate that. Because that's using people. You know? We, minta kabaluta sa ministry, kabaluta, we've been faithful in doing the gospel. Let's support. You know, let's support the people who faithfully preach the gospel. Let's support churches. Let's dream that this church will advance the gospel faithfully. It's not about the person, it's about the advancement of the gospel ministry. Okay? So your giving, your prayer, your encouragement, your support sa mga small group leader, ministry leaders, whatever, whoever is the leader here this a church in doing some ministry is a gospel partnership. So pray for them, encourage them, honor them. And I'm so blessed by this church because uh, although dilikay ko deserving of your prayer and support, you've been showing the prayer and support and I thank God for that. Okay? Natay 517 ministry who prays. Natay people who faithfully give behind the scene. Gili sila magpailang, agagive sila. They've been faithfully giving in the church. And praise God for that. Amen? But I want you. You, maybe bago pa kadari, maybe bless kay ka. I challenge you. Don't just receive. Be partner with us in the gospel ministry. Okay? As the Lord bless you, be partner with us. Because we want to see people change by the gospel. So how do you know you are really changed by the gospel? How do you know that you are living out the gospel practically in your life? You want to give. You want to support. You want to be generous in order to advance the gospel. Secondly, how do you know that you live out, you're living out the gospel? In verse 7 and 8, you saw intentionally to the Spirit. You saw intentionally to the Spirit. Look with me in verses 7 to 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, now do not be deceived is a reminder for Galatians. Kaya naman. Na-deceive ba na sila? Sa verse 1 pa daan, na-deceive sila sa mga false teachers. <laughs> and whenever Paul is using this phrase, common kanya siya sa mga uban, mga letters, do not be deceived. He is giving a warning. Because every one of us are like a sheep prone to deception. Okay? By the evil one. And they've been deceived by the teachers. And yung si Paul, I want you to live practically. I want you not to be deceived by this principle that I'm giving you. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, you cannot manipulate God. You cannot put God in your pocket. You cannot escape the principle that God is going to give you at this point. What is the principle? Whatever one saws, that will also reap. For the one who saws to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who saws to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. What Paul is saying here is that he is applying the gospel not just in generosity, supporting the teacher, he's applying the gospel to us personally in relation to how we respond to the Spirit of God in our life. Remember the walking in the Spirit part? The fruit of the Spirit and the work of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5? This is a parallel for that. And Paul is saying here is this, 
how you live your life, how you make decisions, how you manage your thoughts is so important. Because if you believe in the gospel, you must manage your thoughts, you must manage your action intentionally that you need to solve to the spirit and not to the flesh. Now, he is introducing us this principle of sowing and ripping. I think you hear a lot of sermons about this, right? Now, there are two principles on that. Whatever you saw, you will reap. In other words, kung matanom ka og corn, dili ka mo reap og apple. Corn yun na imuhang, i-reap, imong i-harvest. In that thing that you plant is the thing that harvest mo yun ang reality of life. In other words, this is what we call inescapable agricultural reality. Ginagamit ni Paul ang agricultural nga sin. That if you look at the agricultural world, the world has its own loss doing its own job, right? Like, if you plant anything, kung unsang seed, yun ang mauto ng seed, butubo. It's just the reality. Dili nakaka-escapuan na. Dili kaka-change ang anak, di ba? Ang anak sa cat, cat yun na. Dili yun ang mga anak o lion. So, para sa balay, so lang, ang anak, ang anak sa apple, apple yun na. Okay? Ang seed sa apple, apple yun na. That's an inescapable reality. And in ikaduan, yun siya, whatever you saw, you will reap. In other words, not just kung unsa imong ipugas, kundili, maanay yun ni mo. Certainty of harvest. There is a certainty of harvest. Whenever you plant something, my goodness, it will grow, it will produce, and you will harvest something. So he's using this picture from an agricultural reality. This is the laws that God created. function naturally. And God is in control over everything. But Paul is using this reality and says, you know what, you cannot escape that. Similar to the realm of the spiritual world or the moral world. In other words, if sa agricultural world, kung unsay mo ito, no, makuha mo, that's the same with your choices. That's the same with your thoughts. That's the same with whatever your decisions in life. You cannot escape this reality. And one commentator says, as a Christian, you are either sowing into different kinds of fields, namely the flesh or the spirit. Show us the picture, okay? Okay. Show us the spirit, uh, the, the two kinds, okay? The flesh and the spirit. And it has a two kinds of results, two fields. In other words, as a Christian, wala kay choice. Nakay dua ka choice. Buhaton. Mayroon ka, oh, atip, wala ka choice. No, duwara dyan na ka choice, according to ni Paul. Na reality, dapat mo i-understand. Either you sow to the flesh, and the result and the harvest of that is corruption, dead, decay, deadness. Ipakita na nato na sa works of the flesh, di ba? Death, decay, and deadness. Nadia? And either you sow to the spirit, which reaps eternal life. So two kind of choices every day you make. Either you're sowing to the spirit or you're sowing to the flesh. And both fields has a different result. In other words, Paul is saying, look at the Christian life. The moment you wake up, look at the Christian life as like gardening. And every day you have two choices. Asa ka mo tanong, asa ka garden, asa ka field. Sa field ba sa spirit? which results in eternal life, or just a field of flesh which results in corruption. You have two choices every day. You either plant in the field of the Spirit, or you either plant 
in the field of the flesh because it yields two different harvests. And our word, Paul is saying you cannot escape this reality just as if you cannot escape the agricultural reality. Whatever you plant, you reap. The same is true in life. Whatever your choices is, either you're sowing to the field of the Spirit, you're sowing to the field of flesh, you will reap it. Now, let me clarify something. I disclaimer, okay, you sow to the Spirit and then you reap eternal life. And people says, Diba eternal life, gift mana? Dili mana, kinahalan ni mo Now, let me clarify before we dive in, in a practical things, okay? When Paul uses the word reap, okay? Reap eternal life. Paul is not teaching that you earn eternal life. Never! Because that's the whole context of the Galatians. He is against legalism. He is against of earning salvation. How come he will contradict in the last part? Right? It's like saying, Manay ka sa newspaper, article there ang Pilipinas, friends of China. First paragraph, Pilipinas, China, friend. Emphasis sa first paragraph. Ikaduang ang paragraph, Pilipinas, China, friend. And then sa last paragraph, Pilipinas, let's get war to China. I think magkakala, sa first paragraph, friend. Second paragraph, friend. Sa last paragraph, let's, I think na yung mali, anang apart. You see, Kung sa first, second, third, fourth, fifth paragraph, Paul is emphasizing it's all by grace. You cannot earn eternal life. How come you interpret that as earning eternal life? No! What Paul is saying is that through believers are marked, kung tinuodjuga ng Kristuhanon, you are marked by a life that is sowing to the Spirit. Makita dyan isa mong kinabuhi that you are sowing to the Spirit. What Paul is saying here. Okay? Sumawa na po lang, delete na earning ha. He's saying that kung tinodyo ka kristuhanan, you want to live, you want to sow in the field of the Spirit. So what's the point? Point here is this. Paul is using this agricultural reality, applying it to our spiritual life, to our moral choices. And what Paul is saying is this. That your daily choices, thoughts, and actions matter a lot every day. What you will be in the future is a product of your daily choices today. In other words, in fact, let me say this. Who you are today is a product of your thoughts, action, and choices yesterday. It comes from a what? A seed. Wala ra na ni pop up din. Dako na nga tree. Wow, dako na nga tree. No. It comes from a seed. Now let me ask you, let me let me say this. Your addiction and your struggle who you are today does not come in just a moment. It's a product of thoughts. It's a product of small compromise. It's a product of choices. You become what you are today because of a small choices, action, habits that you cultivate yesterday. Any struggle that you have, any materialistic tendency that you have, it's because in the past you are making choices and it grows into a tree. It's harder to conquer. Now, kay tree naman. Sa una pa unta, nga udlot pa, sidling pa, dali pa maibot, pero you compromise. You compromise and you allow it to grow. You are sowing to the field of flesh. And now it's hard. 
Now, I'm not saying dili na na makonquer. I'm just saying everything na problem ni mo sa mong kinabwe comes from a small thing. From a seed of thought, a seed of desire, a seed of compromise that you slowly sow into the field of flesh and now it becomes a huge monstrous problem. Huge pa, monstrous pa, di ba? That's a reality. That's the reality you need to face. In other words, you don't fall into sin, into compromise one day. It's a series, a series of choice. And as a people who understand the gospel, you need to sow intentionally to the Spirit. Paul is reminding us here. You know, a life of bitterness begins with a small seed of unforgiveness in your heart. Kaming kang anong bitter kay karon nga person nga, dali ka masuko, touchy kay ka, lagot kay ka sa kalibutan, tanan namang tao, kalagot, hinawayon kay ka, muran ka sa Facebook. Ganong nga na karon. Dili man kay nga na sa una. The reason nga nga na karon is because it started with a thought of unforgiveness that you allow and it fisters you up. And you, you imagine things and you allow and ang word mo penetrate sa mo nga dapat ka mo forgive you refuse to forgive and you are sowing to the flesh rather sowing to the spirit and you wonder why you are bitter and you wonder right now nganong tachi kay ka see you are what you are is a product of your choices yesterday and Paul is reminding ta that your choices matters a lot becoming a strong spiritually funded Christian is a product of daily choices daily you need to what water it you know you pray nga dili makailatan you pray nga naaisan and you pray that it grows right and then pop there's tomato in the Christian life this is rooted and grounded in Christ you need to grow. You need to study the Word. You need to develop some discipline. You need to be in a community of accountability. It doesn't happen in accident. My goodness. Sermon na siya. Kanang apart, okay? Doesn't happen in accident. May mga mga kristyan, ga church mo ko, ano wala mo ko katubo. Kaya ga church ka, papasabot nga katubo ka because you need to make choices still. And it's still to water the plants. God gives the sunlight, right? God gives the water. God creates the photosynthesis process, but you have a choice of cultivating your own garden. Automatic na. Okay? Having a healthy marriage is not automatic as well. I want my marriage to be Christ-centered. I want to honor as if it's, as if, kumusultira ka na automatic na Christ-centered na yung marriage, my goodness. No. Christ-centered marriage takes work. It's gardening. You wake up every day, you pray with your partner even though you don't feel praying. You wake up every day, you go to church, you model with your partner what it means to be a family that worships Jesus. It takes work. Becoming a godly husband, it takes gardening, it takes work. And sometimes, pag plant mo, walay udlot mo, pakitaan namin ko, pastilandugaya. And then the next week, may ko na. And sometimes, yung anak, Christianity, guys, you sow to the Spirit and be patient. But you need to do something to be intentional with your thoughts, choices, and action. 
you want to become a godly husband. Becoming godly husband right now, ayaw na pag-aabot kung hapit na kami yun. Make choices right now while you are single. Kaya dili ka pwede mag-cram, dili pwede pariya assignment. Kung, kung naanad ka sa college, nga maghimaw kag-assignment kung ugma ng deadline, dili na pwede ni mabuhaton in life. May ka, ha, ugma na. Ugma na ako kaslun, pastor. Unsa ko ni pastor? Kung ikaw na kay addiction, ikaw, imuang job as a man, imuang job, imuang ginabuhat is playing mobile games, doing it. It's stupidity. And then, you're not preparing yourself. And then, you're cramming your way into this relationship which is very serious. You're leading family. My goodness. Wala akong kapangasaban ninyo. I'm just saying, come on. It's this principle, sowing and reaping. You wanna reap a tomato? Plant tomato. Be patient with the tomato, okay? Invest now. Read the Bible now. Be in the small group now. Confess your sin. Have an accountability now. You don't become a strong Christian just one click like a Thanos snap in the marble, okay? Don't become a Christian like that. You don't become a strong Christian like a snap. Be patient. Some of you, get think mo, well, pastor, nga nung, every, nga nung, nag-try lagi ko, nga, nag-try, ka, uh, one month ko nag-church three, wag yapon ginto mo, one month naman na. Is a Christian life a hundred meter dash? Nga sulayan na mo one month church, butubo na ka? No! It's not a one month try, and then mo grow ako. You have to make choices every day, a year and years and years. You have to be intentional sowing to the Spirit. You don't become a godly parent. Okay? Just a snap. Parenting is a gardening thing. Okay? Well, Pastor, wala man may gibuhat sa mga anak. Anong rebuilding man kayo? Muna yung problema. Kaya wala mo gibuhat sa inyong anak. Okay? Muna yung rebuilding kayo. You see, some parents, mayroon sila, ang pag-disciple silang anak, automatic. It's not automatic. Your anak is like a garden. What you plant, you will reap. If bata pa, wala niyo ginakatikais in the fundamentals of the faith, of course, that, that boy or that girl, yung bata pa yung anak, will not grow in fearing the Lord. Kaya ikaw mismo, parent, you know, pastilan. You know? So I'm just telling you, some of you will have children. Don't automate parenting. Wag kang autopilot. Okay? I'm telling you, holiness is a harvest. Holiness is a harvest. Holiness is a harvest. It's not pataka. It's intentional making choices, sowing intentionally to the Spirit. You want to have a good and godly children who fears the Lord right now? Pray. Pray. You know, spend time with them. Don't automate them. I don't, Give me, don't give the reason, well, I'm busy to be a parent. My goodness. Your first responsibility is to be a responsible parent to your child. Don't automate things. And I'm so on and so forth. Okay? And victina na kayo, mapusid na tayo. Right? What you sow is what you reap. So here's the encouragement puzzle. So intentionally to the spirit. Because by default, you will automatically sow into the flesh. You know? Right now, my prayer for us singles, men, women, families, husbands, wives, every day you have choices to make. You're either investing in the fields of the flesh that brings corruption in your life, in your family, in the future, or you're investing in the fields of the spirit which gives harmony and peace and reflections of eternal life, a life with God. Eternal life does not mean 
length of life. It's eternal life in the Bible is always about quality of life. Life lived with God. It's not in the future. It can be felt now. It can be experienced now. As someone said, Stephen Covey, sow a thought, rip an action. Sow an action, rip a habit. Sow a habit, rip a character. Sow a character, rip a destiny. If you are shaped by the gospel, you need to live intentionally. Your choices matter. If you are dating right now, your choices matter. Husband, wife, parents, your choices matters. Live, the, live intentionally to the Spirit. Thirdly, okay? Thirdly, love, Prox 9 to 10. Do what a praise says, repeated ni Paul Diap. Ngayon siya, do good, okay? Ang bako gamaya, ako rin na-explain later on, okay? Ngayon siya, Diap, do good, verse 9, doing good, and in verse 10, do good. Now, Paul is sort of reaching the climax. He is stating a general principle. He's stating, be generous. He's stating, so intentionally to the Spirit. And here, he just say, just do good to others. In other words, let your love for God and love for others be practical. How? By just doing good to others. In other words, Christianity is not about self-improvement or sin management. Christianity, believing the gospel, results to a life of good works that serves others. And remind Anipola in Galatians chapter 5, right? That your freedom is not for yourself, but your freedom is use your freedom to serve others. Galatians chapter 5. And so Paul is saying here for us that as a people who know the gospel, who are shaped by the gospel, let us be people who do good to everyone. First, let's us people who do good to everyone. Galatians 6 verse 10. The fulfillment of the law of Christ is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Let us do good to everyone. Generally, everyone. In other words, dili a believer, unbeliever, any person that you meet, you must treat that person, bless that person, help that person because every person is created in the image of God. Every person deserves dignity. To, to be treated with dignity. Every person deserves respect, honor. You know, as a Christian, you need to recognize that every man is made in the image of God. And you need to do good to them. You know? We need to do good to all people. And I, um, I think timing Rabugayo ni a passage that we are raising up this Operation Love for the earthquake victims, right? Because to be honest, claro makaino, let us do good to everyone, especially sa mga tao sa makilala. Pwede na insert dia, okay? Pwede na to insert dia. I mean, as a Christian, come on, let us not, not do a classing a church, word and deeds. Some people are. Some churches are prone to word. Wala kayo deeds. Some person, and some churches, prone to deeds. Wala alam kayo word theology. <laughs> let's be a church that has both. It has the word, the theological part, and let's have the deeds part as well. Because I believe learning theology leads to a life of practical love. Loving practically, which leads to a life of good works. Helping other people. Blessing other people. Now, especially to those who are of the household of faith. In other words, kung mutabang ka sa gawas, o niya, wala ka gatabang sa imong isikristwanan, that's a little bit hypocritical, right? In other words, helping other people, doing good to other people, is like an earthquake. There's an epicenter. And where's, where should it start? In the church, in the household of faith, in the family of God. In other words, do the one another thing. 
Encourage one another, pray one another, practice, encourage one another, do the one another thing. As you practice this in your life, then let it expand outside the church walls and then go in there and bless people. But do not choose either one for the sake of the other. No, you cannot do it. In the Christian life, it's, it's integral. There's a, what we call integrative ministry. It begins with the household of faith, especially in the household of faith. Bless people, pray for people, encourage people, and then do good to everyone. Universal and particular. And this, is, this is what it means to be people who are shaped by the gospel. If you believe in the gospel, you want to do this. This is who you are. This is what it means to follow Jesus Christ. That your love is practical. The point is this. Okay? Before I wrap it up. The point is this. Look for opportunities to do good. Stay alert to bear the burden of others. Be alert for opportunities. I like the word opportunity. So word, so original Greek word, the word opportunity is word kairos. A kairos is a word meaning there's an opportune moment. There's a moment that you are needed. There's a moment that God offers you an opportunity to help. And to be honest, every day, if you pray to God, Lord, every day, give me eyes, give me alertness to to see a Kairos moment to help others, to bless others. Let me tell you, yung prayer every in Christian life, my goodness, dili boring yung Christian life. Because God's gonna lead you by His Spirit to sow and bless others. That's, so, that's still sowing to the Spirit. God will say, I want you to bless this person. I want you to ask this person, how are you? To pray for this person. And I want us to gather together as we gather every Sunday. I want us to ask, how are you? How can I help? How can I pray? How can I bless you? And you cannot do it accidentally. Living a life like this takes intentionality. Bless people fan. Bless people fan, my goodness. Dili na automatic. No? Kabalo ko sa imong heart. Kabalo po ko sa akong heart. Okay? Dili automatic ta mo bless. Kung mo bless man ta, usahin mo yung kala. Wala kayo na budget akong kwarta. Temsa, dili, dili kaya ko. Ay, wala ka kamay na kumuhatan ba ka or dili? Kaya wala ka na kabudget. So this takes discipline. Living it out takes discipline. May budget. Kiniragot, pang hatag na kunik, kinip, pang aninin nga budget. See, living this out is not automatic. Takes intentionality to bless people. It may mean paying bills for someone who lost the job. That's what practical love means. For example, wala kay trabaho? How can you help this person nga wala kay trabaho? Tabangan niyo mga itagtrabaho. In the meantime, tabangan niyo practically, right? You can do that. Uh, especially, pwede ka mo tutor o mga kids nga kikinahanan. Whatever it is, whatever the Spirit is leading you, do it practically. Or maybe a couple, wala na sila date-date. Ngayon sila, maybe na-burden ka, kaya na couple sa church, wala na sila date Ano wala sila kay date? Kay busy ka silang anak. Ngayon sila, how come may mag-date pastor? Puro anak amo ang katubang pastor. Wala na time for each other. Ilang marriage is was destroyed. Because wala na sila time for others. So, kapag lang ko volunteer for one night or for two hours and say, ako'y bibisit sa iyo bata. Have a date. Di ba nice na? Ganaan siya kayo na sila ni Clyde Anna ba? Okay? <clears throat> kayo na nga practical application. Come on guys, it's practical. Let our Christianity be practical. Don't just love in word only. As the Lord bless you, prosper you. God, I don't know. Is it practical application in you? But follow the Spirit of God 
in your life. Okay? Pasalamat ko aning a church. We are cultivating that culture. Hinahinay diring a church. Some of you, kung naay mga sickness, mas aptik pa mo na ako, kamudyad mo ado sa hospital dayon. And praise God for that. Okay? Ako, mayingan rin ako kung hapit na, tawag ako kung hapit na dyan. Okay? Pag dili na hapit, pwede naman makamin. I'm just kidding, right? I'm just kidding. But I'm just, I'm just blessed for some of you who are just there taking initiative to, to pray, to visit, and to help. Because this is what it means to be a church. So what it means to be a church, let us do good to everyone. Now, three things. General sharing, sharing generously, sowing intentionally to the Spirit, and then loving practically, doing good continually, okay? Three things to live out the gospel. These are lovely exhortations to live out the gospel in our lives, but if you're honest and to evaluate your lives on it, these things, especially atong ikonektong preaching ni Pastor Clyde last Sunday, bearing one another burdens, restoring other broken sinners gently, and these things, generosity. <laughs> Living this out is so much challenging, right? Challenging. Living compassionately in the name of the gospel is very, very challenging. So, let's gonna talk about the challenge of living it out. Okay? In verse 9, let us not, can we read it? Let us not grow weary. You know why? Because you will. <laughs> So good, but that's the first one. The Galatians chapter 6, restore broken sinners. You will be weary. Here's why, okay? Let me give you a practical scene. Imagine you restore a broken sinner. Gently, ninyo si Paul. At first, excited, baka ma-apply. Okay, okay. small group nimo. But sometimes, as you help people, as you counsel people, as you restore people, broken sinner. Kabalo ka si Bahatang sa mga tao in ministry? Ang mga tao ngayon mong ginatabangan, ikaw patray doon. In fact, mo backbite pa nimo. Gitabangan na ganin nimo. I-backbite pa ka, awayon pa ka, and you invest time, energy, milk tea, and so on and so forth. And then here comes a person, awayon ba ka? And, and let me tell you, if nanay mo experience nga na, welcome to the ministry. Okay? Welcome. That's ministry. Ministry is messy because people are messy. Okay? That's ministry. And people's, and Paul, I believe Paul is saying to the Galatians, I know you're wary because you're fighting false teachers. You're trying to apply these things. Napa mga application, bear one another's burden. Imagine nyo na pag-apply, okay? Naana kay kaugaling yung problema sa mong kinabuhi, okay? Naka-struggle, whatever, yung mong sin-struggle. Ngayon pa si Paul, okay, dilira yung mga problema, carry other people's problem. I mean, oh, that's a problem. <laughs> I have my own problem, okay? You know? But that's part of Christianity. That's part of following Jesus. And if you're not, if you don't know how to handle these things as a follower of Jesus Christ, you will be burned out. Ministry can kill you, man. That fast. Ministry can kill him. Verse 6. Be generous. Be generous. And sometimes you need to be hard on budgeting. And you need to sacrifice in order for the sake of others. Para kung sa gibuot ni Jesus, in order to save us, kinahalan mo, mamatay siya, di ba? And ministry is like that. You have to die to help others. Uh, really? 
you have to die with your time. Diba? Imo ng buhaton unta sa mga walay pulos, but you have to die with that time and says, you know what, kining a time para ni sa uban. You have to die to be effective minister. Like Jesus. <laughs> it takes dying. It's hard. It's exhausting. As some, as one pastor, we talk about ministry. Kaba lang mga problema sa mga pastor? Ministry, okay? And when we talk about, we talk about ministry problems. And then, as we talk about the ministry problem, is encouraging. Kaya naman, makain, uy, di nga ka problema. Ako, budbro, problema buday ko, ana. Praise God, okay? Nanday ka agapay, alright? Ministry is like that. It's brutal. And he says to me, you, you know, Pastor Mark, ministry is actually brutal. And there are seasons in my own life, let me tell you, there are seasons in my own life, dilira ako, but some people undergo depression. You know? Abin ako, kung kristuhano na ka, dili na jud ka maigoan na may nga nga mga circumstances in life pa. No wonder Martin Lodgens create a book entitled Spiritual Depression because this is a reality. Because when you deal with a mess of people, dilira na physical problem, dilira po na physical stress. It's a soul-level problem and it just burdens your soul. Kills you, man. If you don't know how to handle it, it kills you. Liman ka na, mo share ni mo problem. For the first time, wala kabalo, yan natin yung problema and for the first time, na-shock ka, may ka, ano may ka, taas-taas yun ni mo problema ba? Let's go to the process. And we experience that. We experience sleepless night. Just counseling people. I'm not complaining. I'm saying this is a fact of ministry. If you really want to involve in the true work of ministry, this is it, man. Welcome to the weariness, exhaustiveness of, of following Jesus. Ministering like Jesus. Okay? This is the challenge. So here's the question. As we see the challenge, we, ne- we can grow weary. We can grow exhausted. We can be burdened. To the point that some Christians I made me say, you know what, Pastor, din ako mo involved sa ministry. You know what? Why? I've been there, bitter na ko, people betray me, discouraged na ko. Ang muna kang burden sa inyo ako serves. This is reality. You're gonna be wary. And so the question I want you to ask is, how can you overcome this? You cannot escape it. How can you overcome? How can you deal with the weariness of the week in and week out, repetitive ministry, and sometimes wala ka makita nga growth, balik-balik, but how can you keep your heart from discouragement? And lastly, we got to talk about the grace to live it out. Okay? The grace to live it out. Because here's the answer. Living it out is challenging. But here's the grace to live it out. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Why? Don't quit. Why? For in due season, Kairos, the word still, we will reap if we do not give up. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop believing. You know why? Because you will reap in due season if you do not give up. Doing good makes you tired. Discipling people, counseling people, bearing one another burden, restoring broken sinners will exhaust you. But don't give up. Because there will be a harvest. Again, he is using the agricultural picture. It's like saying, remember, you have a field. 
you are sowing in the field. And as a farmer, whenever you sow a seed in the field, you always expect that your seed will grow and eventually it will give a bountiful harvest. Every farmer has that. Wala farmer nga gasaw sow ran, wala ka expect matubo, right? Kita ba kay farmer man kausay magibuhat? Wala ra, wala ra ko job. Sow sow ra ko. No. The farmer is intentional. Yes, the farmer will work hard. Kapuno kan sigbatan sa farmer, it's hard work. Why? Okay, I'm sorry. Hard work. You wake up every day you spend hours under the sun cultivating the field. Kunakay garden, cultivating the field. You spend time planting the seed and you water it and you trust God's sun and the natural elements to cooperate because dili makain kontrolana, right? And then you watch kunakay mga pests and you watch patiently and then another day you labor again. And then you cannot see fruit but the process continue. Because the reason why you plant is you expect a harvest. The reason you do what you do is because you there will be a harvest. There will be a harvest. Paul is saying here. And as a farmer, here's the grace. Have a vision. Always hold on to the promise of the harvest. As you faithfully and continually saw, tingalig wala kay result. Ka-counsel ka, ga-disciple ka, ga-serve. Mayroon ka, wow, mura mag-vain tanan na akong gibuhat. Mayroon ka, na para sa tanong, pag-anak niyo mo sa tomato, pag-adugay, raba ng tomato mo tubo, no? Ang seed. Mayroon ka nga, okay, first day. Excited na ka. Kapag ka, excited ka sa garden. Ako, yung anak ko ginabuhat na ako, excited kay ko every day. Katong gatanom ko, kale. Kay kale, excited ako, ma-healthy living, you know? Kay sa kale, imohang, i-shake mo na ang leaves niya, no? I- drink So excited Every day as I wake up, as I wake up, Next day, as I wake up, and then get research na ko. days para para maharvest. harvest days, and it says two years. And I wake up every day and say, inches, okay? Inches of growth. Actually, this is not a nice illustration because namatay ako ang kale, okay? Sorry guys, namatay ako ang kale because na ay mga pest sa ako ang liko sa balay. Where every time I plant, they eat it, okay? And I hate it. But here's the point. Every time you plant, you expect a harvest. Every time you plant. And here's how to endure the hard labor of planting, of farming. How you endure it. Always have a vision for the future harvest. You may not see the result now, but you will. Not now. You will. Have a vision for the future that your labor is not in vain. And here's the promises for that in the Bible, okay? Here's the promises. Nayon sa 1 Corinthians 3.6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the growth. As a farmer, you plant. That's your job. You water it. But then at the same time, you're not control of everything. Then the photosynthesis and you allow it. Because God always gives the growth, right? He always does the growth. You'll be faithful in serving people. You're be faithful in serving people. You'll be faithful in teaching and handling small group. You'll be patient. And God, and trust God. He's doing it. I love, I love 
Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. Okay, can we read it? Read it again. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and the breed to the eighth, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amazing. You can trust the power of the promise. God says, if you use my word, my word is like a rain that waters the ground, brings forth the plants, so that the sower has the seed to sow and the eater. Something have to eat, right? It will not return to me void. And here's the thing. As you counsel people the word of God, as you teach people the word of God, as you are being faithful, God using you, tingalig wala pa ka makita na, but God says, no, my word will not return to me void. I'm gonna use my word, accomplish that word to work in the people's life whom you are ministering. So don't be discouraged because I promise a harvest. Not now, maybe, but there will be. So be faithful and continue to do what you are called to do. William Carey, a missionary in India in, 19, in 1793, na burden to preach the gospel in India. Aning a time, wala pa kayo missionary, aning a time. And India, kabalubakik India, is a polytheist society, culture, right? There's a lot of gods. And he spent seven years proclaiming the gospel, week after week, month after month. Kabalubakan sa resulta seven years? Walay single convert. Walay single convert who decided to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, seven years na. Imagine na. Okay? Ikaw, ibutay mo ang self. One month. Gani? Madiscourage na ka. Right there you go. One month. Three months na ko, Pastor. Galit sa small group. Ganun, wala magigayo. Brute. Sometimes I discourage na na. And this guy, seven years. Like, seven years. Kapala ko sa mga temptation na sa mong mind, Ana, itawag ba ko ni mo, Lord? India ba go? You know? Itawag ba? There will be doubt. And some of you are serving the Lord. There will be doubt. There will be doubt. There will be weariness and doubt. I love this story. And you know what? Through the years of struggle and doubt, he was often discouraged but not defeated. On December 28, 1800, he baptized in the Ganges Mountain his first Hindu convert, a carpenter named Krishna Pal. This was the beginning of the harvest that God granted Kerry and his co-workers at the Sirampur Mission in India. And from that convert, just one convert, there's an epicenter of movement of the gospel. In India. Takes time. <laughs> Sewing takes time. For some of us, mga millennial, ganang dali. this is a reminder for us to be patient. Okay? Ganang resulta da, you know? Like me, I'm like, ganang preach, marag biligrihan, ba revival da yun. Ganang tag disciple, disciple da yun. The guy. Sometimes it takes time, it's gardening. Remember, Christian life is a gardening thing. Investment, effort, time, and allow God to grow. We are just servants partnering with God who gives the increase. Now, the reaping may not be in the here and now. The harvest may not be in the, in the now. Ultimately, the harvest will be in the eschatological future 
at the end when we see Jesus face to face. Sometimes we will not see the fruit of our labor. We, to be honest, mamatay na lang kawakita ang anari kay impact. But then the Bible reminds us over and over that don't be discouraged, don't quit because your labor will not be in vain. Talking about this eschatological future, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 8, Therefore, my beloved brothers, what's the word? Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing, you should know this, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. That's your hope. Be patient, continue, do the hard work, endure weariness, live out the gospel, knowing that your labor is not in vain. So, don't quit. Rest on the promises of God. Rest in God. If you're tempted to be discouraged, hold on. There will be harvest. Even if, if not in the here and now, surely in the hereafter. Lastly, look to the Savior. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you challenged and overwhelmed? Look to the Savior. Why? Because all of these qualities that we talk about are embodied in Jesus. Jesus restored us from our broken relationship with God. Jesus carried our greatest burden. What's our greatest burden? Your sin, my sin. With the crushing weight, He was crushed. Because of that. And now that this burden has been removed by His grace, all other burdens are small in comparison. Kini mga burden yung gikaman niya, ay wala rana sa burden nga yung gikari para sa tuwa. Right? And Jesus shared with us an equal generosity. Kung pinong papagenerosay, Jesus has been generous. Why? Because He was made poor so that you and I might become rich by His generosity. And Jesus constantly sowed to the Spirit. He followed the Spirit, obedient to the Spirit's leadership. And Jesus was a prophet, mighty in word and deed, who went about doing good, practical good for others. Everything that we talk about is embodied by Jesus. And the good news is, Jesus just did not give us example. He gave us the power to be like Him by His Spirit. And so as we come in celebration to the Lord's table tonight, as we ponder about these things, that these things, living out the gospel, can't do it on our own. But in Jesus, we can do it through the power of His Spirit. And we are reminded of that reality when we partake the Lord's table. So tonight, I want you to ready your heart. As we respond by partaking, as we respond by thinking, you know what? As we come as the people of God around the Lord's table, remembering His death by dying for our sins, Jesus brought us to God and to one another to live out the gospel. So before the partake the Lord's table, I want to read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Okay? And I want you to ponder this. I want you to meditate this. And then let's prepare our heart together. And I ask the men to serve together the Lord's table as we ponder, confess our sin, and prepare our heart. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded... By so great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Why did Jesus endure the cross? There's a joy that is before him. How can we endure? Because there's a joy before us that Jesus prepared for us as we faithfully serve him. Despising the shame and seated at the right hand and at, of the throne of God. And I, I love this last verse. Consider him. And I want you to do it tonight before we partake the Lord's table. Consider him. Consider, look at him, look what he has done. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So I want us tonight to meditate what Jesus has done. I want us tonight to say, Lord, I can carry the burden because you have carried my burden. Lord, I can be generous because you have been generous to me. Lord, I can do good to everyone because you have been so good to me. And let's commit our life to Jesus. So let's bow down and prepare our hearts. Let us confess our sin. Let us confess our commitment, our allegiance to Him as our King, as our Master.